It's Pi Augustine, your Division One candidate for Ipswich. My plan is for a community that is vibrant and attracts world investment, a community that is connected with the state-of-the-art transport system, a community that cares for our people and environment at a time of need. Division One needs a councillor that has the energy and motivation to get things done. A community champion. Find out more about me on my Facebook page, Pi Augustine for Division One. This ad was approved by Pi Augustine candidate. Ipswich deserves strong and stable leadership you know you can trust. I'm Mayor Teresa Harding, and as your Mayor, Ipswich is once again a city that businesses are proud to invest in and families love to call home. To keep our city moving forward, I'm committed to reducing cost of living pressures, expanding our road and transport networks, delivering more for our suburbs, and boosting investment in grassroots sports in our community. So vote one Teresa Harding for Mayor for sustainable growth for Ipswich. Authorised by T Harding, 264 South Station Road, Raceview. Coming up, the massive flood cleanup continues with support from all levels of government. Philip Bell, Ipswich Chamber of Commerce President, joins the show. A local warning from Westmorton Health about serious diseases spread by mozzies. And Goodness Services Club, like many others, faces another massive rebuild before the doors can open again. It's Thursday, March 10, 2022, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. Ipswich City Council's dedicated flood resources webpage for businesses is now live. Local businesses impacted by the floods can go direct to this page for a list of support and information. It provides details on key recovery topics including financial support, waste services and volunteer information. Council is also offering Fire Station 101 facilities for local businesses to use. For more info and you are a local business, phone 3810 7534 or email business at ipswich.qld.gov.au. For more on the impacts of the floods on local businesses and the recovery, I'm joined by Philip Bell, President of Ipswich Region Chamber of Commerce. Thanks for speaking with Ipswich today, Phil. Great to talk to you. Thanks, Alan, as always. Firstly, how did you fare in the floodwaters? Yeah, it was, um, it was a bit dicey there, Alan. Um, we, we were kind of pretty fortunate. I think um, living out near Rosewood where we are, the, the water had a place to go. Um, not not quite the impact of 2011, but I'm very aware that uh, for other people, their experience was far worse. That's a good segue to my next question. What has been the impact on businesses compared to 2011 and even 2013? Yeah, I, I think uh, I think this is beyond those two events, um, Alan. The uh, and and the interesting thing about it is, I think the full effect of it is is yet to be felt. Um, we all know that businesses were, began being affected on, on the Sunday, and that's when the Chamber of Commerce activated uh, contacting members, um, you know, assisting them and supporting them to get out if they needed to. Um, that was the, re- the first response that was required. And we then moved through, I think, Alan, to that interim support phase where, where we know that there was damage and destruction to businesses right through uh, the Ipswich region, out through Goodna, um, and certainly in the, in the nearby villages as well. Um, but indeed, I think it's this third phase where business attempts to rebuild, um, working through some of their challenges, whether they're insured or not insured, um, it all comes with problems. And, and also, you know, stock levels, 
uh, wastage, um, disposal and rebuilding and the capital cost of all that. So the, the worst of it, I think, Alan, is sadly yet to be felt. We'll come to some of those issues in a minute. We know each flood is different. How do you rate the warnings in the lead up to this flood? Yeah, I found, I found the warnings a little bit disappointing, Alan. Um, the, uh, you know, while the, uh, the Weather Bureau and many of the um, weather commentators were signalling that this was a significant weather event, um, it, it was it was slightly less um, less predictable in terms of where it hit and, and how it hit and the timing of those sorts of issues. Um, I'm I'm acutely aware, um, you know, as a primary producer myself, that those sorts of variables are difficult to predict. But but um, yeah, I think there's a lot of opportunity in revising this event to understand how we can better prepare business and residents and the community for these types of events. How many businesses have you personally been able to visit since the floodwaters have gone down? Yeah, we we, we were out and about um, on the Monday uh, following the, the significant rain event um, and not only on the phone but on foot. So um, spent several days in the Ipswich um, uh, local area, those low-lying areas of Brisbane Street um, and then out through um, you know areas like Riverview, out to Goodna, um, so in answer to your question, um, many hundreds of businesses have been um, been contacted by myself and by um, by the Chamber of Commerce. We also spent a lot of time uh, working through some of the issues on the phone. So I know, for example, on the Sunday when the issue was first breaking, uh, we were in contact with uh, over 80 businesses just on that single day. Wow. Um, you know, re- really significant number of members who were reaching out for help and mm. we, were doing, we were doing likewise to support them. There's a lot of financial help on the surface being offered from uh, all levels of government. Are you and members generally happy with what's on the table? Oh, I, I think, um, I think again, the, the challenge with that financial help, Alan, is it's so slow to come through to where it's most needed. Yeah, yeah, there has been, I think, um, local, state and now federal government beginning to put their hand in their pocket. But, um, you know, the pain is being felt right now. So, um, and again, if, you know, if I'm conscious of local business to, to where I work and where we live, um, you know, they're, they're hurting. Many of them haven't been able to reopen their doors. I was just as recently as today down through um, some of the industrial areas down around West Ipswich off Warwick Road and, and, uh, and some of those are significantly hit and haven't yet opened their doors as a consequence of that flooding. So there's a lot of work yet to be done and a lot of rebuilding required. Well, during this recovery phase, and if we compare it to the big one in 2011, is there anything that should be done differently as part of the physical rebuild? I'm thinking water-resistant building materials or more of them, uh, relocating electrical switchboards, that kind of thing. What do you think could be done differently? I think you're dead right, Alan. I think the time now is for some smart thinking and some and 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 some collaboration with engineers and 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 scientists, um, as well as you know economists and planners, just to understand um, you know how we can better build resilience, um, how how we can limit the effect. We're, we're all conscious, and I think we we all know these events are not going away. Um, if they're not becoming more common, then they're certainly going to um, going to recur with the same frequency. So. Um, and Ipswich is a is a river city, um, so so we will continue, um, I think, to have these issues. But the challenge for all of us as a community is now to get smarter in how we deal with that, and how we prepare, and some of those solutions, including uh, building better, building you know more resilient, um, better prepared buildings, um, better planning to assist us to, you know, to to exit when we need to, um, and and 
uh, all those sorts of things, uh, electronic engineering, um, all those all those factors can play a part in, I think, building a more resilient business community. As you're answering that question, Phil, I'm thinking the, the best example would be Coles in the CBD. They rebuilt it on stilts. What a good decision Absolutely. that was. Absolutely correct. And, and, and there is, you know, some of the larger businesses are leading the way in this, in this, Alan. So, but they're also making, I mean, you'd have to agree that's an efficient use of real estate mm. um, in, in, the, in the sense that, you know, there's plenty of space up top and, and, you know, you reserve those high risk areas for the low impact type activities. And those, and I think those planning decisions are beginning to flow through. We are getting smarter and better at that, but there's a huge opportunity for us to ramp that up and escalate it so it happens quickly and it happens with support. Um, I really feel like all levels of government have a role to play in helping business adjust to what is going to be, a, a, you know, these types of recurring events. Have you come across any businesses that didn't have insurance or were underinsured? Absolutely. Oh, many, many indeed. Um, and, 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 in part, it's not. It, it's actually a function of the fact that, that some of these events um, are uninsurable. Some of these locations are uninsurable, um, and, which is difficult to get your head around. In the sense that every everything you do comes with an element of risk. But you know, for for many insurance companies to decide that um, that they sim- simply won't engage around insurance um, is the place that we're currently at. So, I think those are where we we need to look first to support in terms of you know resilient buildings. Resilient operations um, and, and modifying the way we we work and we live. Um, the other challenge, as as you mentioned, insurance, Alan, is is you know our, our the compliance framework that sits around the, the insurance and claims process um, is is it can be problematic in the sense that many business people I spoke to who were insured um, simply weren't permitted to re-enter their premises. Um, for various reasons, including electrical compliance and certification. So, y- y- yeah, that's something that we need to work through, I think, as well. And that's that's probably there's a role for the insurance council to play in terms of negotiating how we can do that better as well. I know insurance isn't your number one bag, but do you think some businesses who used to be able to get reasonable insurance will now be uninsurable? And by that, I mean the insurance companies just won't offer them insurance. Most certainly. I think um, that's, that's likely to be signalled in the near future. Um, albeit, albeit that it might simply be that insurance is cost prohibitive in some circumstances. Mm. Um, so, so that, so those sorts of financial and economical uh, economic decisions um, around, you know, the commercial drivers of insurance and risk are going to play a part in the planning of our city and, and the way we do business. I, I just think there's a good opportunity to to, to collect data. Um, you know, monitor the way this water moved and the way this this event transpired, and make sure that um, that you know all of the catastrophe that people are continuing to suffer um, is not wasted. How has the support been from uh, your neighbouring chambers of commerce or uh, CCIQ? Yeah, CCIQ um, have certainly responded. Um, so you know they they were one of the first to work with us um, in terms of lobbying. Uh, indeed, the state government um, to provide support support locally. Um, CCIQ have a very good support network through, um, you know, their all of their uh, advisory services. Um, but indeed, often it's the it's the local connectivity that's required. So, uh, the local Ipswich Chambers of Commerce, um, be it ourselves, um, I know that Beanley Yaddle Chamber of Commerce had a big role to play in the in the water uh, moving down through the Logan River in that area, mm. and all of the flooding that occurred down there. Um, chambers of Commerce, are, in particular local Chambers of Commerce, I think are best placed to respond as, event, as events are occurring at the time and, and certainly that's, um, that's the role that we saw for us. 
Well, now that you've said that, what do you need to help flood-affected businesses from this moment forward? Yeah, well, we moved quite quickly, Alan, to um, to work w- with our partners. Um, indeed, we um, we were supporting the Ipswich Evacuation Centre um, through some of our uh, chamber partners. Helping Healthy Minds was one of our um, key char- charitable beneficiaries of of the support that we were providing. We we were lucky enough to um, uh, secure some some fantastic financial support. West Bros. Um, they're, you know, a fantastic local group supporting um, Indigenous health and Indigenous initiatives uh, partnered with us a well to, to, uh, as well to support um, local uh, community members and indeed to provide services and, uh, and some of the care packs and equipment and clothing that were required at the evacuation centre. So um, in terms of what's, what's required from now on, um, it's important to understand the cleanup is still continuing. One of the best things, I think, Alan, that people can do to help us get back on our feet as a community after this event is just simply buy more local than ever before. So supporting local business wherever possible. I know that uh, when people ask me, um, that's the way I try to lead by example is buying local, um, supporting those local businesses who are struggling desperately to get back on their feet. And that's very, very good advice, Phil Bell. And on that note, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, speak with Ipswich today. Great to talk to you. Thanks, Alan. Meanwhile, I'd like to do a big shout-out to all elected representatives in Ipswich, be it local councillors, the mayor, and all state and federal members. From where I sit, they've all been out there day after day with their feet on the ground and in the mud to offer support, especially for flood-affected residents. Family and friends of those directly affected by the flood should continue to check in with loved ones because it's not just financial support that is needed. It's very strong emotional support and compassion which will help flood-affected residents through. Speaking from my 2011 experience, long after the cameras and media attention had died down, there were still many months of work ahead before people could return to their homes. In some cases, many years. Two flood recovery hubs are now operational for Ipswich residents, one in Goodna and the other in Ipswich CBD. The Goodna hub is located at the RSL's Function Centre on Brisbane Terrace and the other in the Trades Hall Bell Street. Queensland Government funding is also available to assist flood-affected groups. Grants of up to $50,000 are available to small businesses and not-for-profit organisations in 19 local government areas. Grants of up to $75,000 are available to eligible primary producers in 17 local government areas. Grants of up to $20,000 are available to sporting and community clubs in 19 local government areas, along with $1 million in payments to be made to the 19 hardest-hit councils. If you need financial assistance, you may be eligible for the Emergency Hardship Assistance Grant. Grants of up to $180 per person and $900 for a family of five or more are on offer. You can apply through the Community Recovery webpage or by calling the Community Recovery hotline on 1800 173 349. Member for Ipswich Jennifer Howard echoed the thoughts of many reaching out to offer support by saying this, It has been a devastating flood. It will be a long road to recovery, but no one will travel it alone. On the Commonwealth front, Services Australia has a dedicated webpage to assist after natural disasters such as the 2022 floods. Make sure you check the show notes for all the handy web links. (laughs) 
This week, Westmorton Health issued a warning about the increased potential for outbreaks of mosquito-borne illnesses such as Ross River virus, Barmer forest virus, and now the Japanese encephalitis virus, or JEV. Dr Penny Hutchinson from the Westmorton Public Health Unit said JEV was a virus spread by the bite of infected mosquitoes and was not passed between people. She said most human infections of JEV were mild, but the virus could have some serious effects. Children aged under five and older people infected with JEV were at a higher risk of developing more severe illness. Speaking from the public health unit, Dr Hutchinson advised that to minimise the risk, you should do the following. Wear loose clothing to cover arms and legs. Apply insect repellent before going outside. Wear closed in shoes. Empty containers around the yard that hold water. Regularly check ponds, rainwater tanks or pools to make sure no mosquito larvae are present. A public health alert was issued following confirmed cases of JEV in Australia. It has now been declared a communicable disease incident of national significance. The massive flood cleanup continues with hundreds of properties and businesses facing a long road ahead to rebuild and recover. Goodna was again one of the worst hit suburbs. Goodna Services Club faces a massive cleanup bill and will be out of action for months. President Russell Dewar and his hardworking committee and club staff have been there before in 2011. Eleven short years later, scenes of devastation have again forced them to be resilient, but it must be incredibly difficult to face it all again. In May 2020, I spoke with Russell about the fortunes of the club. Then it was mainly about the impacts of COVID. But I also asked how long it took the club to rebuild and open after the January 2011 flood. Uh, close to 18 months. So we, we had the floods in January and the main club, we didn't get to reopen until July 2012. So the club was closed, no revenue for 18 months. And, and once, you reop- once you reopened, uh, how was the community support? Uh, amazing. Amazing. It was a, a, our members, um, you know, I, I suppose the only word I can use is amazing. It was awesome to see the amount of people that came in to support us after we reopened. Um, a lot of them went to other clubs and stuff that still came back to their, their home and they supported us as their community hub. It was awesome to see. That was Russell Dewar speaking to me in 2020. Let's hope the club can be back at the centre of the community in fewer than 18 months this time round. As always, just a reminder, you will find links to all the websites mentioned in the show notes. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is also listener-supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswichtoday.com.au and click the Donate button on the homepage to make a payment through PayPal. Follow and stream this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio and Amazon Music Podcasts, or play Ipswich Today from Smart Speakers. 
Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thank you for listening. From legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode or go to ipswichtoday.com.au.